This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of The Sit Down right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, delighted to be your host again. Joined this week by the former Aberdeen Dunfermline and the current manager of East Fife, Darren Young. Darren, thanks very much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us. No worries. How are you? All right? Yeah, all good. All good. Just uh, in the middle of this week in a mini lockdown now, just kind of dealing with that, coming up to yeah. Christmas. So, <laughs> all good. You know, obviously, the football's back and East Fife are back playing. Obviously, it's not been the best of starts, but what's, what's, kind of the, what's been kind of happening? What's the kind of plans now with Getting uh, I think it's, it's, we've actually done all right. It's, it's obviously, we've had games in the leagues every year, the leagues improved and progressed. Um, yeah. we've, had, we've had Cove away from home, we've had Partick away from home, we've had Falkirk away from home, so they're hard games. But um, the game on Saturday there, I've called off, which to be fair, I'm massively annoyed with. Um, we, right, if we okay. win on Saturday, winning Saturday, then we're sitting fifth in the table. So, Why uh, was it called off? Covid, <laughs> supposedly. Okay. Yeah, well, not supposedly. It was. It was to do with the Covid, but um, I don't know. You've got to have at least thirteen players, fit players. Uh, we we get a sheet through from the teams on a Friday night. You've got to kind of have a Friday during the day. You need to send the sheet through with the squad list. So they kind of held off with their squad list. I'd already found out Tuesday night that there there was a few boys going to be missing. Um, and then obviously by Friday it had uh, kind of grown arms and legs. We looked at the kind of squad that Clyde had sent through and. From that squad, there was nine players missing from the, the game the week before, to which that's a bit unusual. And then by 15, 20 minutes later, after this, um, all of a sudden, there was more players out. So uh, what my calculation is they must have had 12 players out from the week before um, and yeah. they were able to lead their team. So I don't know, something, something wasn't quite right. Um, again, as what it is, obviously you want people to be safe and stuff and all that all that kind of stuff because, again, everyone's NHS and was working hard to kind of keep that. But at the same time, from a point of view in regards to the football, I just feel if you were... I know at the start of the season, teams are told if you can play, you get a, a 3-0 deduction and a, you lose the three points. Again, I, I don't see why that shouldn't have just continued. Um, I'm pretty sure if Clyde were in that position, then they'd have probably found a few players to play. Um, but at the same time, look, we don't know the full ins and outs yet, but it's just it's just very frustrating from our point of view because you feel that they, you get punished. Um, they've maybe yeah. got a few of their best players out. You get punished for it. You don't play. Um, we're kind of fit, ready to go. And then on top of that, you miss the game out. We now need to try and find out a midweek game somewhere to fit in. Um, and again, we're sitting, we're obviously go bottom because of the, how, how, uh, how tight the league is. But it's one of these things we have to deal with and just go on with it. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, maybe we start in your career. We'll just talk about your kind of early life, kind of growing up and like your school days, etc. Just talk about kind of where you grew up and what your early life was like. Yeah, I grew up at Camus Lang. It was a, it was a place called Whitlebourne. Uh, most people would know that, so they probably know Camus Lang more than they do Whitlebourne. But no, it was great. It was uh, a wee scheme, and again, every day you were out playing football, so it probably helped it. My brother was there as well, but. Um, if he wasn't playing, then again, everybody was out and about, whether it was out the front, whether you're playing at the garages, uh, there was a big park up the back, that was called the Cusy, uh, for obvious reasons. And um, <clears throat> again, it was just every day, go to school, come back, play football, get your dinner, go back out, play football. And then we got to the, the stage when you started kind of going to play in a boys club, I think we were five and six, uh, when we played for Cardiff United. 
Uh, again, just a wee over there. Playing a, it was a primary school, I think it was uh, St. Anthony's primary. Uh, played there. Big grass pitches at the back. And at that time, it was um, 11 v 11, so it was all these wee tiny guys just all running about a full size pitch. <laughs> I can always remember that there was a trial game. With these horrible green and black strips, and it was I think it was red shorts or something. But I just remember the top being really itchy, and and the wee guy being in goals and just like just keep kicking a high, kick it high every time you went near the goal, just kicked a high, and the wee guy couldn't get it. <laughs> it was, so it was it was great. It was a great um, learning for me. Great um, standing and again to to kind of come through at Calf United, moved on to Mill United. By that point, the um, teams were starting to get interested. Yeah, the Aberdeen Rangers, Hearts, and stuff were kind of sniffing about um, and then it kind of got to the point where you're training with Aberdeen um, the, th- the thing I liked about Aberdeen to be honest we, we trained with Aberdeen on a Monday we trained with Rangers on Tuesday sometimes Hearts on a, on a Wednesday uh, Thursday we should kind of own team Friday off Saturday morning you had your school football match um, going down that was great the thing with it, looking back with the school football team you never ever actually had any um, you never actually had any training you just turn up on a Saturday and the manager would pick your team and and that would be you. You play that. I remember we'd run back home. Mum would have a fryer conference for me and Derek. And then we would off we go back to play for our Calf United. And then when it got later on, it was, it was Mill United. Um, so that was us two games in about four or five hours. And then on a Sunday, sometimes we local team, we just kind of played as a ringer for them if they were short of players. Um, but no, it was <clears throat> it was great. Growing up, and that was, was amazing. And one of the things that kind of pushed us and attracted us towards Aberdeen, the amount of young players they were bringing through, we yeah. had Ian Jess, Scott Booth, Stevie Glass, um, even thingy, uh, Stevie Wright as well. You had uh, the goalkeepers, Michael Watt has played a few times, big Derek Stilly as well. So it was for me, I'm kind of looking up and saying, right, when am I going to get a chance? Rangers and Celtic and these sort of teams are all spending millions. Um, and I just felt it was right. One of, the, one of the things we, we did that was the, in the breaks, so it was a, the Easter break, summer break, and then October break, we used to all go up to Aberdeen in the minibus, so they would take us up, and what, maybe 10, 15 players, and in those days it was different, you never had your 20 players all playing for the under 9s, 10s, 11s or whatever, but you just had maybe two or three players that they'd sort of specifically picked from every, every age level, so we'd go way up in the minibus, pick up at the time Phil McGuire and Kevin McNaughton, so get them at Dundee yeah, yeah. and you'd you go way up the road, so, <coughs> excuse me, but you would you would do that, and again, you're in the change room with the reserves, the first team guys are in and out, and it's, you're thinking, wow, totally no, you're only 10, 11 year old, wee guy, you can watch these guys in, on the TV, but now all of a sudden you're sitting there changing, and they're walking in and walking out, and then when we went and trained on the pitch, again, it was Seaton Park, you're only maybe 40, 50 yards away from the first team, so at times it was like, you obviously want to concentrate on your training, but you're looking over thinking, geez, oh, look at all these guys. There's Alex McLeish and Jesse and all these kind of guys. So it was, it was another thing that made you kind of feel part of Aberdeen. Um, yeah. And sometimes when we were up for that week, there would be reserve games. So then, again, you were a ball boy. And it was it was another thing. You're like, wow, it's amazing. The stadium got about 100 people in it. But you're just at the side getting the balls in and, and, a, and a real reserve game. So it was, it was great. Um, I loved it. I loved my time. Brilliant. And see as well as that, like, see when you were growing up, like, who were your, what team did you kind of follow and who were your kind of heroes when you were? It's probably my dad did a, my dad did a season ticket at Ibrox and that, he's one of his mates, but oh, to, to be honest, it's a, a wee joke with my pals as well, I've probably played um, on Ibrox more times I've actually been to watch a game. Right, okay. <laughs> it's just, it's just you're always, you're always playing every Saturday or whatever. Yeah. 
Actually, for me, since I'm about five or six year old, every every weekend there's always been football. Um, apart from when COVID came in recently, <laughs> but uh, it was literally every Saturday, and then even in the in the summer. We, uh, not that we were, we never really went to like holidays, my mum and dad, but it was always like football tournaments. So, yeah. <clears throat> so whether it was Amsterdam, it was Germany, it was going down to the Blackpool tournament, uh, even over to the Milk Cup and stuff. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of tournament so because it was a two of us most years it kind of worked out really well that I would be going away to my tournament and then Derek would kind of get dragged along and then Derek would be going away at a tournament and I would kind of get dragged along so uh, it was just it was just one of those things that was a and again we, we never like people or your friends and that maybe going away to Spain and going here and going there but for us it was I don't know I'd probably prefer to go and do what I've done and go away and you're, you're playing in a football tournament you're going to be there for a week or so and then the mums and dads are always enjoying their cell at night, <laughs> and then obviously you have the football the next day and stuff. So it was, it was great. Again, I wouldn't have changed it. I loved it. Just again, you're still getting out and about and seeing all these different countries and different cities, but at the same time, you were doing something you loved. What was the age? What's the age gap between you and Derek? Just a year and a half. A year and a half. So like, obviously, you were, like you said, that you were coming through at the same time. Like when you get scouted for Aberdeen, was like were they looking at him as well? I was. Yeah, the twos went at the same time. Right, okay. Um, <clears throat> the twos went at the same time, and it was it was Derek was Derek was telling us the other day, and it was when the the scout had actually came, and he was going to the game, he watched somebody else, and then he'd actually um, said to one of the managers, "This is when we we're like 10, 11 year old," and he says, "Who's the young boy up front?" And it was obviously Derek. They're talking about. Yeah. And he says, "The boy in the midfield. Who's that?" And he says, "It's Dan." And they're like, "All oh, right." And he's like, "Blah blah blah." And then he says, "Are the brothers?" <laughs> so the scout guy was actually going away to watch somebody else, but at the same time he ended up uh, spotting me and Derek, and then obviously never knew we were brothers, but they did. And then from there, it was basically from that age onwards, sort of 10 and 11, the two years went up. Um, we were, and again, it's probably about 11 year old, then Derek kind of dropped down a level because he was kind of playing up a level, and he just kind of went back to his own, his own age level. So um, it was from that kind of time onwards. Mm-hmm. And like when your kind of youth days at Aberdeen, when you went in for like to, until you made your debut in your age seventeen, like for eleven to seventeen, what were the kind of youth days like there? Like what was the memories you've got? Um, the memories it was it was great bunch of boys. It was we would, all of us that were coming through at the same time. So in Aberdeen, you kind of had you'd like Russell Anderson, yeah. The, I'm trying to think the boys up in Aberdeen. Yeah, obviously there was Chris Clark, there was Michael Hart, there was myself, Derek, uh, Paul Derbet, uh, Jim Bates' son was there as well. You had Dan Mackey, Ryan Essen in goals, then you had Kevin McNaughton, Phil Maguire. So it was it was a great a great team, a great bunch of boys all kind of coming through at the same time. And that was us from sort of 10, 11, 12 year old. Um, so to have all these players come through and, and have decent careers and some really good careers was amazing. And I think it, it just kind of gave you that, that kind of togetherness because you played youth team, you played um, reserves, and then you, you became into the first team. So it was, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You go and loan to Crombie Sports. It, like, I think you were be 16. Like, how important was that for your development? Like, how did that come about? <coughs> yeah, well, I never, I never knew that was going to happen. It was uh, once we got up there in the first season. So, first season, yeah, all the boys were kind of pulled in. They were going to get loan to the juniors. And the way it was tied in, it was you played the, you played the youth team and you were playing the juniors. But in my head, I thought, right, for this season, as a young boy, obviously, I always used to always try and set myself targets and goals and set the first season, try and get into the youth team and try and stay in the youth team. And then maybe near the end of the season, maybe getting the a couple of reserve squads or something but 
Um, at the start, we'd, we'd got obviously we're playing youth team, that was fine. I think in the season I scored 12 goals in 26 games, and then uh, we were getting told we were going to the juniors. So we play for the youth team kind of during the week, and then you play for the juniors at the weekend. Um, I'd scored something like 10 goals in 15 games for Crombie Sports, and it was just every week. But it was great learning curve. A lot of, a lot of big, hairy ass defenders that are wanting to kick locks at you and smash you and do this and do that. <coughs> they're going to do this to you, they're going to do that to you. Just because you're a young boy playing for Aberdeen, just try to intimidate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think that. But at that time, I was too quick to I just get away from the guys. I'm just trying to dive in and try to chop me too. But I always remember it, depending on where the game was, you used to always. We get the, the train back down the road, so the sort of Glasgow boys, you know, the kind of Dundee boys, we'd all get this train station. And I remember the juniors used to kick off early, bro. it was like one or half one or something. Right. And there used to be kind of a last train. So if you could get that last train, I think it was around about half four or quarter to five, you could get yourself back down the road in time to get back out and get your mates. <laughs> but if you missed the train, depending on how far away the junior game was, it was a disaster. So everybody again, we just all meet. So it was great because it was same, the same guys again. It was, these were the guys that came up in the bus. These were the guys that you know, then came full time and you're in the youth team and you're playing with you on the week and training with you on the week and then you're on the train back home down the road to, to, to basically take a back home and get your pals and stuff. So it was great. But I think it was, it was a good learning curve because it kind of toughened you up. Yeah, um, but you kind of you kind of needed it. Uh, don't get me wrong. There was some guys who never quite happened for them, um, and they maybe kind of found it hard to adapt. They going for playing boys club football to all of a sudden they're playing against 30, 35 year old guys, um, twice your age. You're ready to every, there's no every trick in the book basically. Yeah. Do you think that helps you though for experience? Like, do you think if you can handle that, you can handle anything? Like, yeah, that. You know. <coughs> Yeah, I would say so. I think it's it's a big part of the learning process. The same with the, the reserves. Uh, for me, the reserves are massive as well because at that point we'd only we only get some of us only get put to the juniors for the first uh, to January, and then we we're doing well. We took us back, and then we, we kind of got introduced to the reserves. So the next part of that for me was the reserves, and and that was again that's itself. You're playing against guys who are bombed out the first team. You're playing against Aye. guys who again. 30, 35-year-old guys experienced, played the Premier League Championship, maybe some of them have played down England, and it's like, geez, oh, what an opportunity to kind of test yourself against these players. So, again, that was a big learning curve, and I think it's, it's a hell of a lot better than having these under-20 things. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely. Because <coughs> for me, you're just playing against the same guys. I mean, these guys will play against each other for about 10-year-old, 11-year-olds, the, the way it is now. It's like, Everybody's getting under tens, nines, whatever it is, and then they've got 11s and 12s and all the way through the ranks. Then, so if they're any good and they've kind of came through that kind of system, these boys will be used to playing against each other. And whereas when you're playing, you get a chance to play with I me. Mean, I remember I think it was Brian Grant at the time or Paul Kane at the time, and I'm playing in midfield with, with this guy who's had 10, 15 years' experience, and, and they're, they're giving you hints, they're giving you tips. Whereas the 20s, it's just, it's just the 20s, really. It's just yeah. another. There's not really, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I think one of the things as well, they, they speak about this non-competitive thing, and I don't know how, like, there's no winners and no losers and all that. That for me is nonsense. Um, yeah, you can work in your technique, yeah, you can work in X, Y, and Z, but at the same time, you need to have that wee bit in you. Um, we were speaking about this the other day um, to one of the coaches, and it was... Yeah, like obviously the desire to do well, the desire to win every ball, the desire to win every tackle, and and make sure that you're. I mean, for me, it was one minute I was up trying to score a goal or setting a goal up, and then ten seconds later I was sprinting back, clearing one off the line, and 
again, it's <coughs> it's it's just that wee bit inside you to, to want to go and do that. Yeah. There's no many you don't kind of see that as much now. Um, again, not bigging myself up, but that's the way you can. All the players were kind of like it at that at that well, for me at that stage. Now that we certain, I don't know, maybe just the the group at the group and the the sign of the times that they, they, they don't always have that wee that wee oomph. It's like oh, I've done well, I've got my shot and all that, but it's then we'll get your ass back in because you need to try and defend now. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of the things. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like when you come back for Crombie Sports and into the, you can again to the Aberdeen first team setup. But like Roy Aitken kind of brings you into that team. What was he like? And when, what was your first kind of interactions with him? Yeah, Roy was great. Uh, kind of first interactions when we were coming up as young boys. Um, and obviously, you sign S form when you're 14, and then after that, you know, obviously full time at 16. So it was kind of then. Um, <coughs> again, he's always speaking away. You know, really, really nice. I thought it was really good. His coach, uh, Tommy Craig as well. Tommy would yeah. take a lot of training. I thought Tommy was brilliant. Um, Tommy was a really, really good coach and uh, always enthusiastic, always de- demanding, uh, which is a thing I can always remember, the slightest wee mistake. You just you didn't want to let them down. You didn't want to make a mistake. Um, and I was obviously was a bit of a fear factor there as well. You, again, when you want to make yourself look good in front of the guys, you want to... So you look at me, I'm doing well if you're, you're, you're during a drill or during an exercise, but at the same time, you didn't want to muck it up because you didn't want the raft. Um, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's all a learning process. Roy was great, obviously, he gave me my debut when I was 17, and again, that, that full season, basically the second season full time, I managed to kick on and play nearly most, most of the games that season. Mm-hmm. Who were the kind of matters for you in the dressing room when you were into the first team? Like, who, was, who was really good with you? Loads of the guys. I think Dodgy was really good. He was helpful. Uh, Derek Stilly, the boy Peter Henderson was there at the time as well. Um, and he used to give us a couple of lifts up and down the road. Uh, but again, he was he was good. Although you're kind of taking his position out in a way, he was still helpful. Brian Grant as well. So just loads of guys that are even Dunk Sheeran. Mean, I used to share a room with Dunk Sheeran as well. And again, he was there. And, and any help, everyone was, was always looking out for you. So the physios as well, they, they would obviously help as well if you're maybe going through a wee bad patch and they'll just chat away to you just to keep you right. Mm-hmm. As well as that, you obviously you make your debut against Queen's Park in the League Cup, but yeah, and then you get your league debut against Hearts, age 17. Like, how tough was that, like getting into the first team and just, as, as, was it just a different level to what you'd ever played in before? <coughs> yeah, it was a different level, but I, I didn't see it as tough. I wasn't really, I was never really one. Should I say being nervous? For me, it was like a natural progression. I've, I've kind of played boys club, I've played with the school, I've played with Glasgow schools, I've picked for Scotland in their 17s, and then it was the reserves, and it was the juniors, and it was the, sorry, the, the youth team, the reserves, the juniors, first team. So for me, it was just a kind of natural progression. I've just, I've probably, for me, that's where I wanted to go, that's what I wanted to do, but I, was, I probably got there a year or two earlier than I, than I thought I would. But again, I didn't really feel any pressure. We played pre-season um, and then we'd taken over to Austria at the time. So we'd, we'd done well with the, with the reserves and the youth team. In the pre-season, we just kind of go like a Highland tour and then I get taken over to Austria. So that was a big thing and a big deal for me. And then played a, a, a few games over there. And then kind of came back, still always in the first team and then around the first team and involved. And then... Again, you come on as a sub against Queen's Park. I think I had a wee chance in the goal. I had a good save. I got the last 10 or 15 minutes. And then the game against Hearts have started. I can't even remember if... I think he just kind of named the team. <coughs> Could be wrong. I can't remember if he said the day before or anything like that. Um, and then I just went and played. And we went for him now. Uh, again, I had a shot. I remember I like, hitting off Dodgy's arse. And, um, 
was never getting by arse, but then, no, it was, it was a great game. But I remember the, the players, and it was, there was Stevie Fulton was playing the midfield today, and that was a time when they were, he was getting called the Baggio and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And then there was Colin Cameron, and uh, oh, there, was, there was just loads of guys that you're thinking, geez, oh, but at the same time for me, it was just just natural to kind of go and, go and do that. I didn't feel... I didn't feel a place of that. I was probably just a sweet skinny guy who had no muscles, but um, I was fit as anything. I could run all day. Mm-hmm. And you obviously you do look really well when you play regular for then on. You obviously you pick up. You're one of the highest rated youngsters in Scotland at this point. There's a lot of teams kind of looking for you. Was that? Did you feel the pressure of that? Like everybody talking about how good you were and like your potential. Nah, not at all. Um, I probably never. I probably never realised that people were talking about me in, in kind of such ways. It was, at the time, you never really had social media. You never had any of these things. All there was was the kind of the, the newspaper every day. So, again, we would pick up a newspaper and jump the bus through the digs and then go to Crane. So, it wasn't really a, a big thing. You never had mobile phones. You never had computers and laptops and stuff. So, um, for me, it was, again, I was just kind of doing a job that I loved, what I've always wanted to do, what I loved doing, and just to kind of, to play and train every day was, was a kind of dream come true for me. So there wasn't really anything kind of outside influences or, or stuff like that, that that kind of made me think different or turn my head and anything like that. And the Scotland under-21s as well, who were your memories of their days, like, coming through and playing with kind of some... Who, who would you Brown. who were the good players you played with? Uh, there was loads. There was, in the first couple of squads, um, when I was only 17 and you had... I remember Paul Ritchie for Hearts and Gary Locke for Hearts. They had quite a few in it as well. Gary Naismith was there as well. Um, you had, obviously, kind of more my own level. A year or two later, you had Barry Ferguson's boy Grant Brebner from, uh, from Man United at the time as yeah. well. I showed a Campbell for Leicester. There was, <clears throat> there was just loads of guys that were kind of all kind of doing well at, at that time. And, Again, it was it was a good squad. It was great to be in and about about these these teams. Big Lee McCulloch, he was there as well. Stephen McMillan from Motherwell. So, loads of guys that uh, went on and had good careers and did really well. And again, it was just like a natural thing. I'd been called up for Scotland, but the under seventeens, and now it was kind of up to the under twenty ones. So it was it was a, it was a great experience. It was great to go away. Um, you go away and you're you're obviously you're. you're Kicking and fighting, fighting, but you're kicking, fighting, scrapping with these guys every other week, and it was good to get away and just kind of join up and and meet up with these guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, one of the a moment probably you'll never forget was the time that at France France '98 you're called up to the Hamper Boy. What was? How did that come about? What was that? What, what is a Hamper um, Boy? I'm. <laughs> what is a Hamper Boy? Um, the, we were, I think, I'd booked a holiday, I was going to Ayanapa with all the boys, so it was obviously the end of the season and brilliant, and then it was, it was Alec Miller, he was obviously with Craig Brown in number two at the time, and yeah. uh, got the call to say, look, by the way, um, you've got on, there was me, Kieran Mark and Espy, Birchall and Paul Gallagher, and it was the four of us, we'd been with under-20s, uh, under-21s and stuff, and they were kind of just picking guys to go, so... They'd asked, obviously, who wanted to go, and then I was like, of course. So I had to bend the holiday, and then obviously went, went there. But like, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was just, you, you actually felt, again, as if you were a player. So it was yeah. like just kind of, I kind of didn't come through. Obviously, we going back there now, or going back for another championship, which is finally. But um, 
it was just, you couldn't believe it. Just one of those things, yeah, we, we, we held to the hampers and that, but we trained every day with the, with the team, so yeah. we were always there for extra numbers. If those guys out injured, if the physio needed to help with anything, if the kit men needed to help with anything, eh, it was like around about 18, 19 at the time. But at the same time, when they needed players, we, we trained, and we probably trained every day. Guys, some guys would really do a bit of shooting or crossing or whatever after training. We would be there to help them, whether it's one-twos or whether it's setting up the drill up. Um, if they needed anything before training, if the kit man needed anything, any help with anything. So we would, all, we would do all that. That would be our kind of duties before we actually had, like, got up in the morning, had breakfast, and then we would obviously sit and have breakfast with the guys. If anybody needed anything after that, you would do it, and you'd get out to training, you'd get out early, help set up the stuff. So everything was the same, and I always remember that. The first game of the World Cup, obviously, you've got billions of people watching, and Brazil just coming back in off the, the pitch, the Stade de France, I'm sure it was, and then we were going on the pitch, and it was, let's <laughs> say, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Roberto Carlos, all these guys just come off the park, it's like, wow. Um, again, mobile phones and that hadn't really, weren't really <laughs> um, a thing at, at that point in time, so uh, I think they were just kind of coming, and you need to have a bit of cash to have a mobile phone in the days. <laughs> So your top your top end players had them, but uh, but no, it was it was amazing just to kind of to have the memories and just walk by these guys and like wow, and then obviously a couple of hours later, Scotland are playing against Brazil, and you're kind of sitting there watching it. Yeah, it must have been unbelievable. We move back to your kind of days at Aberdeen. Like obviously, like this is around the time you get a really bad injury. Like what can that? How did it? How did it happen? And how hard was it mentally for you? Like at that age, and then did you feel was that that was? Just a, a damper on his career that early? Yeah, it wasn't a... <coughs> I don't remember it being a, a major injury. It, obviously, it was time-wise, but um, at the time, it wasn't as if there was a... I can't remember anything like major and you were... I mean, it wasn't like a cruciate. It was just like sort of cartilage. But it just took so long to get over. Um, it was, it was like probably about a year, a year or so signed up. I'd got the operation and I was trying to come back and I kept on feeling a nicking in my, in my knee. And every time I, can, I got so far where you're doing straight line running and it's, as soon as you try to kind of turn and twist, it would just kind of come back again. So you do all this hard work and then it just, because I ended up doing having the one major oper- the one main operation and then it was like two clean out operations to try and get to the, the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, but not at the time there's there is there is moments you're thinking, geez, oh I'm only like nineteen twenty and a couple of years ago I'm playing in UEFA Cup and I'm scoring goals and I'm in the Premier League and uh, you're you're playing for Scotland and stuff and it's <clears throat> all of a sudden you're sitting there helpless, can't do anything, can't get to the bottom of it. And there is times when you're you're kind of sitting saying to yourself, is this going to go any happen again? Am, am I going to get back to, to the way I was? But I think it was just, the, the physicals and that were great, the players were great, probably helped as well that your, my brother was there, we're all yeah. sharing digs and stuff. So there was that wee bit of like, like help. Um, but at the same time, I think mentally, I'm kind of pretty good that way. Uh, in regards to being positive, as I said, I'd always kind of set myself targets. So it was just like, right, Get through this next operation, let's see how it goes. And I know it's going to be two or three weeks rehab, and then it's going to be another two or three weeks to get back on the bike and running. And so, just kind of again, I would just set myself targets and just kind of go until really until somebody was going to tell you, Look, you've done in here, and we kind of get to the bottom of it. But as obviously, it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. You obviously you only play 14 times in three seasons, and obviously, it's a good spell for Aberdeen to get to two cup finals. Like how sore was that yeah. to be standing on the sidelines watching that? Yeah, I mean, that, that season, I think it was just when Scovedale would come in, I think they ended up finishing bottom of the table, but they got into the Scottish, the Scottish Cup and the League Cup final. But I remember it was probably kind of halfway through that season, um, and I'd managed to start kind of getting back again and thinking, God, this is, I've got a wee chance here now. And 
like, just kind of built myself up. Don't get me wrong, I was getting a wee bit excited. I hadn't really played many games. I think, God, I wonder if I could, if I could make it to these finals and stuff. But like, I was getting myself on. There was no way I was going to get it. But again, in my head, I was trying my best to try and get as, as fit as possible. Uh, but no, it was great. It was great for them to get to the cup finals. Obviously, disappointing the way we lost, especially the second one with, with Robbie having to go in goals after Jim got injured. No. Um, but at the same time, it was uh, it was a great experience for me to kind of be there with them. Um, and then obviously the next season, I managed to get back in playing again. Mm-hmm. And you touched on him, Eddie Scovedal. He brought you in, you know, into the team as soon as you were kind of back fully fit. Like, how good was he with you? And what, what was your kind of interactions like with him at the, the early stages of his time? Yeah, he was great. I mean, Ebby had these. He was <laughs> obviously uh, rest in peace, Ebby, because he's he's obviously passed away now. But yeah. he's uh, he was some man. He was um, he was he had his own ideas. He would always try and bring in this. And again, it's what everyone's going to now. They try to bring in this kind of four three three, four two three one formation. And at the time, the boys just only kind of having it. And I don't think it was in a bad way. It was just it was alien to them. They never they never knew. We weren't we weren't used to it. He's watching things in training, and I think obviously maybe they just the, <coughs> the players, just the Scottish mindset it was like, oh no, four four two and stuff like that. So it never really worked, and then he kept chopping, changing. Um, and I remember we ended up going back to kind of four four two. We went on a wee run of games. Um, so I remember that that season, the, the, the very kind of start of the season, because he came through, this, came through kind of halfway through, and um, he would always try and go back to that formation. <laughs> we would have like three or four weeks, four games, and do really well. Then all of a sudden, we go back and change. Information to that other one, and they're like, Oh, here we go again. And then we get beat, and then we maybe go back to 4 4 2 again. So um, he kept trying, but no, he's obviously it's one of these things. He's different sort of ideas for training as well. Some things uh, I felt worked, and some things it never, but it's the same for every manager. They'll have their own ideas and things they want to do and want, things they want to put on. Um, but it's, it's just again he was he's a great character he was honestly it was funny he always quips in his quotes we used to have a, a board in the changing room and it wasn't obviously maybe it was disrespectful a wee bit but it was more of a joke for us we had this table and we had felt pain it was all these different wee quotes so it was like the one with the miniskirts so we were like maybe he's in a way and <laughs> another wee joke and um, he was talking about oh, Ricardo Fuller one day with Hearts he says you know the guy the, he has a long toe and he's doing this with his hand <laughs> and he goes and flicks it like this um, so again it was Ricardo with a long toe and just a, a million different scenes and a million different quotes and then the Gardner Spears the assistant manager end up seeing it one day and he's like what's that and I'm like oh it's not in Gardner don't you worry about it and he's like guys he's can't have that that's making that bend so that was the table. We must have about 50 quotes in it. Just a diff- different one, really, for every game. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but no, he was a character. He was, he, was a, he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. It gave you a good chance as well. And obviously, this was the time you kind of started playing alongside Derek. Like, how good how good was it to be playing alongside him? And like, did you just have a did you just have a good, really good relationship on the part like, as well? Yeah, we moved any flat flat together as well. And um, again, he's. Again, you could be felt all the way through, so it was, it was good. It's that way you're kind of looking out, as much as you look out for your teammates, you're kind of having that you look out for your brother as well, just making sure he's okay, whether it's in training, games, whatever it may be. Um, so, no, it was brilliant to kind of play with him because, as I say, you've come through youth team, boys club, um, reserves, first team, and then you're obviously at the, the top. So, and like you finished seventh that season, do you, were you just desperate to kind of get back playing and? Can I carry yeah. on your run? I played forty. You played forty games that season. Like, did, were you just keen to just carry on? And can I? Yeah, no, for, for me it was. It was basically about getting back and, and playing. Um, and, and 
just by taking a full fitness and again also I felt improved and Roberto Bosconi came in as well um, I think the next season maybe we finished fourth possibly could be wrong yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, it was for me. It was probably one of my best seasons playing alongside him. Again, he'd been at AC Milan and, and stuff like this. So it was great to have that kind of experience alongside you. Um, although sometimes it could be deemed as being a bit lazy, but uh, it was, it was during, during the week with training and stuff, we'd always have a day off. And it was we'd get away and stuff, but he seemed to have an extra day off, getting a massage and that. And he used to always say to the young guys, myself included, the Scottish guys, be, "Why every day, every day, bang, 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 train, train, train." He goes, 100 miles an hour. He says, rest, relax uh, your body. He goes, take it easy and all that. And just for, for later on in your career. But don't get me wrong, later on, I did have a lot of, I did get started to get a lot of injuries in my calf and stuff like this. So it was, <laughs> um, it was, it was about, uh, um, it was about, what was I was going to say, it's just somebody's just came up with a message. Um, I'm just took off my chain of thought. Uh, actually, he used to always talk about this about um, 100 mile an hour training. And obviously, with uh, me thinking back now, I'm like, God, I got a lot of injuries and a lot of things later on in my career. So I was like, maybe about 30, and I'm thinking, God, your calves, your ankles, and all wee niggles and strays. Now, maybe he had a point because I know a lot of the foreigners, maybe they would have shorter sessions and maybe kind of high intensity whereas we were just you're out for an hour and a half and that was it and then you're out in the afternoon at times for an hour and a half so it was yeah. just a hundred mile an hour whereas now I'm looking back and thinking well, again there wasn't really sports science there wasn't any conditioning should you say it like that you were just kind of going how, you, how your body felt and I felt fine until I got to the 30 <laughs> and like who were the good characters in the dressing room that, like that time about the kind of best stories you can tell us about ladies Um. The characters, when I first came in, I remember Rick Whitey and Robbie Winters had come in as well. Uh, when I first came in, you obviously had Dean Windass, so he's probably the one that was, was pretty mental. Um, so you had Dino and you had um, Dodgy as well. The two of them are always up to kind of no good. Dino was probably worse than it has gone a wee bit. The characters were, well, my brother, he was a wee bit of a joker all the time. Uh, Jamie McAllister, Darren Mackey. Just everybody, everybody kind of played their part. They were up, they're always up to kind of something. A couple of times they'd all water over the, 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 the top of the door trick, so it would be a bit of tape stuck to it. And it was actually one of the days Scovedale got it, so well, I don't think we were in a great run of form at the time. And uh, what was that? the other thing we had, we had up on the board? It was like Magluff. We used to go away to Magluff every year, so whether it was a good, bad, or indifferent season, so everybody would put their money in every month. End of the month, whatever it was, I think it was like 30 quid a month or 35 quid a month. That used to pay your four days over there, your flights, your accommodation, the whole lot. Um, and that would be, be kind of covered. And then we'd had the big board up, so it was like 250 days to my glove. So whoever was first in the morning, we scrub it off. So it got to the point where in a couple of games, don't get me wrong, it doesn't make that much of a difference, but I can see, understand managers being a manager now. If you've been beat the weekend and you're on a bad run and the players are coming in and they're 200 days to my glove, 290 days to <laughs> So I can understand that, but again, it was just a kind of joke and a thing for us. So that was it. He, he came in, he'd seen the thing on the board, and then at that point in time, he just opened the door, bang, couple of cups of water right in his head. He's like, for fuck's sake. So he's going mental. Then he sees the board, he goes, the fucking Magaluf. He starts shooting, and then I go about the Magaluf thing. So that was it. The Magaluf thing, you take off the board. There was no more cups of water above the door. But it's just one of those things. When, you're, when things aren't going right, you're wanting to try and be as professional as possible. But as a player, you're, as a coach now, and obviously being a player, you know why they're kind of doing it. So it's good to kind of have that. But at the same time, 
same as if you get the Christmas do, that's another thing. You've got the, the being a manager now, you get a Christmas do, and it's like, look to the captain, make sure the boys are talking about the Christmas party, make sure we get the game done, we play the game, don't have us coming at this changing room. And not that it should make a difference, but if you get beat, then there's always that wee bit, ah, you can concentrate on your night out rather than the game. Just, that's just one of the things. Yeah. And like, obviously, you get named captain at this point. Like, how big an honour was that for you? Massive, but again, for me, it was just like a natural progression. I was like 21, 22 at the time. So I've been captain for nearly all the teams I played for, all the yeah. way through again, the boys club all the way up. So I didn't see it as a big deal at the time. Um, but looking back on it, it was massive. And I was probably, I'll be honest, I probably wasn't ready for it. Um, because obviously the things that come with we've kind of been a captain in a massive club. Um, again, I just kind of, I felt I kind of led more by example rather than being a, a shouter or a baller at the time. Um, but other things maybe off the park and, and stuff not that I mean I wasn't, I wasn't bad I wasn't stupid or anything like that but it was just I just think I was I could have maybe done maybe a bit more help yeah um, at the time but it's one of the things it was because I remember we had a couple of games that weren't going well and I remember that it was coming to some of the foreign guys and they were kind of saying oh Oh, Darren this or Darren that, like Darren's no talking or Darren's no that, something along the lines. And I'm thinking, oh, well, it's funny because see when we finished fourth in the league the season before, when we were up there talking, I was the same person and I had nothing to change. But all of a sudden, I just felt like, wow, there's these fingers getting pointed at me for the phone guys when I'm thinking, I've not done it and I've changed it. And the only thing is, it's the results aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Who were the foreign guys like? Like were the, the Norwegian guys that uh, Skogdal brought in, like, were they? Were they good players? No, they were, they were nice guys. Yeah, they were okay. It's, I mean, big score. Uh, Arnold Stavrum was a pretty good goal scorer, but again, not very good link up wise. Uh, but again, he would score most of the chances if you <coughs> if you got him in that position. Uh, Thomas Solberg was okay. I would say there was it was probably similar to guys that we had. Um, I probably wouldn't have said there were any really better than what we had. Carl Gunvite again, quick guy, um, nice guy as well. I mean, they're all great guys off the off the uh, off the park. Their family's very nice, and the kids and stuff. So, but um, but that was it. You had Moroccans, you had Rashid Belabed. Um, he was crazy. He was crazy. Um, so I got on the wrong side of him. It's just like he was a young boy at the time, so very opinionated and. Kind of, he knew, he knew. I've been to call him. Um, there was um, Hisham again. Hisham is again another guy who couldn't really speak English, but he learned English very quickly and how to swear. And <laughs> again, one of these big guys who didn't obviously not like to drink and smoke and all that. I think by the time he left Aberdeen, he was in the Everton. So, <laughs> but he was, but he was a great guy. And again, very, very, very nice. Um, I think he ended up. Get out with a girl from Aberdeen as well. So he was, he was a really nice big guy. And again, sad to, to kind of hear what happened to him as well. Because yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd actually involved a couple, um, couple of times I'd met him in Dubai uh, when he was kind of over there as well. And he, was, he was quite friendly with Phil Maguire and um, he just happened to be out there. So we kind of met up with him. But no, nah, he was a really nice guy. But yeah, that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, the seat, like 0203, Scovdal leaves. Like, how much do you owe him for? For kind of giving you that opportunity to kind of get kickstart your career again, yeah, massive. Um, at the same time, it's obviously they, they put you in, but a lot of that, I've got to be honest, a lot of it's got to come down to me because I've kind of had to fight back from that kind yeah. of year and a half of inactivity and stop start playing. So, again, I, I, I'm not bigging myself up, but I feel like I take a lot of credit for just again being mainly strong, mentally right, and then physically getting my body right, physically. Again, the sacrifices you need to make. Um, again, every day the players are going out to training and you're sitting on that treatment table or you're having to go to the gym. 
boys can come back and again get a wee bit of banter in the changing room, you have your lunch, they're away and you're away back into the physio room, you're away back into the gym. So I mean a lot of it comes down to yourself to, to get yourself right and the only way you kinda of get put back in and get an opportunity is, is by being right. So again a lot of that comes down to yourself, the physio, John Sharp and that and Davy Wiley to, to kinda of be there helping us out. Um because it is it's a lonely time anybody will tell you when you're injured that it is it's not the greatest and as I say, those times, especially with the, with the kind of knee injury and that, you're thinking, is this going to happen again? But you just kind of you keep on giving yourself targets and goals until you're told differently. Mm-hmm. Stevie Parson gets a job. Like, what was he like with you? And what like, did you real? Did how early did you realise that it wasn't going to work out for him? Like, well, it's just the results realised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, obviously, he had these, he had these problems to seek, but. Um, again, I don't think that was the right appointment. Uh, obviously, from the way it turned out, it's easy to say that after the way things went. But again, he was obviously dealing with stuff at the time. So, from that point of view, I don't think it was right. Um, obviously, the, the results and that never went either. Um, so, again, when I got on okay with him, he was, he was a bit, there was one or two guys um, who used to always go in. It, it was a bit of a, a strange one. It was um, one or two guys used to go into the. the his office in the morning and that and they're sitting uh, picking horses and doing this and doing that which again I was just a bit like alright I didn't, I didn't think that was right with, with certain things so uh, but no it, was, it is what it is it's just, it's just different managers different thingies different types so um, uh, for me uh, it wasn't my cup of tea but at the same time um, he obviously he done his best Mm-hmm. And were you keen to stay at Aberdeen that season, or were you like obviously contract? Your contract was coming to the end. But were you keen to stay, or was a was a thoughts of going elsewhere? Yeah, no, I was I was desperate to stay. It was because quite a lot happened within that year. Um, at the start of the year, I remember uh, I think myself and Russell got offered new deals. And Russell was at this point he was out with a bad injury on his knee, and I know Russell can kind of sign straight away. So one of the things three four months I hadn't signed yet, and then it was about three or four months later it was the uh, what do you call it? The, the the bank started calling all the teams. So I think it was Dundee, maybe the administration, or it was Howell and Motherwell, things like this. So I think it was the Royal Bank or whatever it was, and they stopped kind of letting teams away with it. So Aberdeen then had to kind of cut their cloth accordingly. So by the time we kind of came round to offer me a deal again, it was basically like a sixty percent cut, fifty sixty percent cut, to which I wasn't really too happy with. Um, yeah. But everybody was the same. Other guys were, were taking cuts as well, so it was guys were like 40, 50, 60 percent cut. So um, it's one of those things. Um, I kind of didn't feel I deserved to, to take as big a cut. I tried to kind of work things out, but it wasn't kind of happening at that point. Um, Jimmy Calderwood had got in touch and obviously spoke to us. Um, a couple of things were happening in the back. My dad was ill, um, and again, he's had cancer and obviously passed away. But again, that was one of the one of the things. I mean, it was probably two or three factors. One was the, the obviously the family side of things. My dad wasn't well, and he never had long to go. Yeah. Two, we had a situation where we we're getting offered three-year deals on much better money at Dunfermline. And three, we had Dunfermline had finished above us twice um, the seasons before. Um, looking at their team, and the, I mean, they had Scotty Wilson at the back. They, uh, you know, Greg, they were trying to get Greg Shields as well. Uh, they signed Greg Shields. They had um, Gary Mason, Barry Nicholson, McCraw. They drew up front. Uh, Scott Thompson at the back, the captain as well. So, I mean, I know a lot of the players, and, and on paper, they were a better team than, than Aberdeen at that point in time. Um, Aberdeen are, are a bigger club than Dunfermline. Um, that's no, no question about that. And 
it was, I mean, we end up making a decision, um, and it's, it's, it was a hard one to take, I remember, I mean, when I left Aberdeen, I was in the, was in the car park, basically, you're picking up your boots and everything, and it was like, it's the last day you're going to be here, and you're sitting having a wee cry and stuff, and it's just one of the things, I mean, I've been at Aberdeen since I was 10, 11 year old, so to kind of leave um, when I did and how I did was, was, wasn't great, I, I'd have preferred to get in a better way, but it's one of these things. Um, yeah, <laughs> they'd, they'd obviously kind of made the decision. I've made my decision. Yeah, people would say, "Oh, you could have signed and talk about money, this, that, next thing." But as a young boy, I felt I've I've done my bit. So yeah, money. You then obviously get a you've got a missus, you've got a family or whatever, and it's money then does come into it. And mm-hmm. You get that security, a three-year deal. And you feel you're being a bit more appreciated. You feel you're going to a better team, and then you're back home closer to family. So they were all the kind of factors that kind of kind of come into play. For me personally, I'd went to Dunfermline five years I was there. Got to, got to four cup finals, played in Europe twice. We got the highest ever finish in, in the league as well. So I feel I achieved that a hell of a lot when I went there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, were you and Derek always going going to leave and go, go somewhere together? Or was, was there ever any talk of like, going to different places? No, just at the time, J- Jimmy wanted to speak to both of us. So yeah, then okay. we met him and you know, obviously see, see what happened. Um, and we, we, we went for there. Mm-hmm. And how do you look back now in your time at Aberdeen? Oh, I still loved it. It's obviously there was the, that the couple of seasons when you were out injured, and again it kind of held you back a wee bit. But um, overall, I think it was brilliant. Could we have achieved more at the time? Yeah, yeah, no. I remember a couple of seasons where we, we kind of finished fourth. Um, I remember my very first season and going up to Christmas time. It was obviously. Roy Aiken. It was the canyon with his gold boots and it was a time he flicked over big Brian Irvin's head and then he just slotted it in. Yeah. And I always remember getting that game. It was packed, it was a kind of reason, but Sky I think it was Sky TV was there as well. Um full house and sell all the Celtic fans in the, the away for the, the away stand or opposite for the main stand. Oh Patology was packed. Just I remember going up to the game as well, fans were there. And if we'd actually won that game we'd have went top of the table. And I think we ended up finishing six or something, but just remember being a young boy and just turned 18, and it's like, geez, oh, this is, this is unbelievable. We've got, we've been playing Europe and called up for Scotland, and then all of a sudden we got a chance to go top of the league. Mm-hmm. Just, just things like that. Um, scoring in Europe was, was amazing as well. Again, I was only 17, so you're a young boy thinking, geez, oh, a year ago I'm at school, and now I'm, I'm in here, I'm playing, I'm on the TV, and all these kind of things. So, it was great being made the captain as well. You look back and you're thinking, God, what an, what an achievement that was to, to kind of do that and to kind of be there and, and be the captain uh, for Aberdeen. It was, it was a great honour. Um, and again, I had a great rapport with the fans as well. I thought I got on well. I think they, they knew I kind of gave my all. And, uh, I mean, I felt I did well, but you're probably wishing you'd managed to kind of do better. Um, I think with the players that we had, I think we could have maybe done a bit better, but at the same time, you are. So St. Rangers and Celtic are spending millions, Hearts and Hibs were spending a lot of money as well. So it was yeah. a, it was a great era for Scottish football. Um, and whereas we had a lot of the, the young, young, good, young Scottish guys coming through. So yeah. it would have been good to have, to have done, maybe done better and obviously maybe get to a few more cup finals. Mm-hmm, definitely. You move on to Dunfermline. Like you, how excited were you to move, move there and work with Jimmy Calderwood? It was brilliant. Um, I loved it. The, the two gyms were great. They're probably, I mean, that was probably one of my best ever seasons as well. Uh, we came down there 
And I remember, I always remember that, that that first season, we finished fourth, that was our highest ever finish. We got to Scottish Cup final, we got into Europe. Um, and again, it was for me, it was one of my best ever seasons. We finished, obviously, fourth. And I remember at the time, I would have finished 11th. So I remember it being, well, I've made the right decision. Yeah. Then the next season, um, Jimmy Coulter went to Aberdeen, they finished fourth, and we finished ninth or tenth or something. So it kind of shows you, obviously, the difference the manager make. But... Um, the film was, was brilliant we had that after six months when we had to then take the wage cuts and everything so again yeah. not ideal you just just signed a three year deal um, you had to take a certain percentage um, which again we were, well, we were happy enough to do but we did it anyway because you wanted to be <laughs> make sure that you were kind of in a job and, and all that kind of stuff so we did that but no, I mean I love my time there um, and I know obviously Jimmy went back up to Aberdeen then in Aberdeen kind of started to pick up when he took over for Stevie Patterson. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a good side as well. Like how how well did you settle in that first season? Like, was it, did you and Derek just take it really well? Yeah. No, we settled in easy. It was, uh, we knew loads of players there. Even like Big Derek still as well, the goalie. So, uh, most of the players he kind of played against or even maybe been involved in them, the Scotland of the 21s. So, you kind of knew these guys. Um, there was no kind of, there wasn't, wasn't any kind of like bad egg, should you say? Everybody was, uh, was good. They, they've experienced a big Brewster as well, Cross, Scott Thompson as well. And, and I kind of remember Nipper as well from Aberdeen, so when I was a young guy. But again, there, was, there wasn't any kind of bad guys there. And if there was, they would be kind of told and, 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 and be made aware of. But uh, it was a great team, great squad. Um, that was the first season they had that horrible Astro they put down. No, I remember that, yeah. Um, that was terrible. I remember the first game is we played Celtic, it was on grass, and that was the last game to be in grass. And then we drew. No, no, played brilliant, and then after it, it was getting ripped up. And as well as that, like obviously the good into the run of that cup, that that cup final, like you scored in the semi final against Inverness. Were you were you confident you could cause an upset against Celtic that get into the final? Yeah, no, definitely. I remember the the, the semi final game. Um, the first the first leg, so we ended up playing a replay. The, the first game was at it was Hamden and then I remember the ball came out the edge of the box and I went to him and kid on going to hit a shot and the guy took it off his and Inverness ran up the park and scored and I was like oh my god but then it was getting later on in the game I think we were going to score and I managed to nick the ball off somebody down the left hand side and I've just done a wee shuffle got to the byline and I just chipped it back to Big Brewster and he's managed to get the equaliser so kind of dug myself out of hole but then when we went and played up at Pataudry the same thing happened again <laughs> the ball came into the, the box I went to shoot and it's hurt, hurt the guy and they've counter-attacked and scored again I'm like I can't believe this is two in a row but we got back into the game again and then I remember obviously I managed to get a goal as well up at Pataudry that was, it was quite funny obviously playing at Pataudry in the replay yeah. um, so it was great to obviously do that and score there so, and then obviously get to the cup final but no going into the cup final Again, another achievement playing with your brother to get to a Scottish Cup final and play together. And that was again, that was great. At that time, like my, my, I remember, my dad was kind of on his on his way out. Basically, he was ne, never had kind of long to go. Um, and I remember this as well because the two the two of us were kind of getting married in the summer and kind of week apart. Me and Derek, and then obviously at the same time, my dad was kind of wasn't wasn't really great or keeping well. So it was it was great to kind of have that we kind of that memory of him seeing yeah. his sons. Kind of playing that cup final, but, but it was it was good. And then we went one up. And at first, I thought Derry could score. I think it was Andre Skeller who headed it in, and he jumped up and challenged the big Ram Douglas. And to be honest, it was probably a foul. But I, I don't know. He celebrated with him and everybody else celebrated with <laughs> Skeller. But um, again, going in the second half, it was again pretty comfortable. Not comfortable, but we we're soaking up the pressure anyway. 
Corner comes in, and then remember Brewster and Big Richie Bundle for the header. Bobo Baldy's in between the two of them. He punches the ball, goes out to Sutton at the edge of the box. He clears up the park. Um, Aaron LeBlanc's with Larson, but he slips, and then Larson runs in and scores. And then from then it was kind of floodgates. It ended up being two or three, three one, sorry, but yeah. um, it was just a kind of that just kicked Celtic on, and um, it was, it was kind of hard for us to get back in it. But again, Little things, I mean, if there was a VAR or whatever there, you'd have been be sitting there with Baldy sent off for a punch in the handball and you'd have a penalty and you're sitting to yourself half an hour to go, you should be sitting there against 10 men, 2 and up. So, I know obviously stranger things have happened, but at the same time, you're sitting saying, what you, you fancy yourself to go, and, to go and run it. Yeah, but it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. The season after, as you say, Jimmy Calderwood goes to Aberdeen and David Hay gets a job. Were you excited to work with David Hay? Obviously, a legendary playing career and... Yeah, obviously yeah, we've done well at other clubs. Um, different type of manager. He would sit in the stands, and Billy Cutwood would be on the sidelines. Right. Okay. Um, and again, I think some of the boys felt it was a bit. Again, every manager is different. They do their own thing, but I, I just felt that at times been training that was good. Um, but probably I don't know. Cause you're not used to a manager sitting in the stand, and it's just it was, for me it was I don't know it was weird. But um, I can um, I was kind of in and out with him. Um, sometimes I'd play something another. There was one time we were playing against Celtic at Parkhead and uh, Juninho had signed for them to be Brazilian, so I was told to kind of man-mark him. So again, it was fine, going man-mark him. Coming in at half-time, it's 1-0 to Celtic. They've not really kicked their arse. Um, I'm sitting there buzzing, thinking, God, I've done well here. Juninho's not kicked the ball. He put in, put in the free kick. It was a free kick for the goal. Somebody scored a header, but he put in the free kick for the goal. So that was about it. I'm thinking he's not done anything. I'm, I'm really happy. So make one change, and I'm sitting there like, ah, "Who's he taking off here? I've done all right." And he's like, "Damn, we're just going to take you off." <laughs> so again, I just I wasn't one of these guys there up. So I just went into the, the toilet through the back. I just kind of smashed a wee plastic bottle off the wall. But again, I'm just frustrated because I'm sitting here saying, "I take me off at half time. I've done very well." Um, and I mean, I don't know. I think they they kind of wait to go for it, but. Yeah, it might end up about three or four nil or something, but it's just one of the things you were just. Sometimes you fancy me, sometimes you never. Um, but it's, it's what happens. It didn't really work out. Like obviously that season, you finish eleventh and you stay up the one point. Like, what was it? What was the kind of big difference? Like, how did how did the team go from fourth the season before to eleventh the next season? Yeah, I think was it did um, was it Leishman came in at the very end? Was yeah. that that one? That yes. season Leishman came in at the end and then I remember there were three games to go and it was like pfft, we're struggling here. And um did that, I mean who did we lose? Did I think did Crow go to Aberdeen or did Brewster go to Aberdeen or something? I think, I think it was Crow. Uh, I think Crow went to Aberdeen. Um so you're kinda of losing your twenty odd goal striker. Um and again it's most of it was kind of similar boys. Uh, which is <laughs> you're, you're like, I mean, I, I think it kind of shows you the difference a manager can make. Um, obviously, similar boys and that kind of happened. But you've got, um, we obviously we managed to still. But I remember the last three games because we beat Dungeon United one 0 away up there, and that was Leishman was doing his VR playing. This uh-huh. is pretty funny. Gary Mason, well, Gary Mason, they said they never scored, but we were like, just claim it. <laughs> so it was an OG, but he claimed it, and uh, we won one 0 
And I remember the game against the second last game of the season against Dundee, and we yeah. really needed to win just to kind of make sure. And it was what a day it was. Um, the fans at the sombreros and all this kind of stuff. And I think we won five now. Um, I was trying to claim one of the goals, but it was an OG. I took a shot and it deflected in, and Derek had scored a hat trick. So I just remember Derek celebrating and running out to the fans. And for whatever reason, there was a sombrero there, and Derek ended up getting a picture. And he's got the sombrero on, and all the players around him. That was he scored his hat trick, and again, it was amazing, amazing for us for brother and stuff. But I mean, and that, that, that kind of kept us up but the last game of the season <laughs> we were playing I think it was Killian it was about 3 or 4 mil or something and I think if the way the goal difference went if something something had, I think it was some stupid scoreline and it was kind of getting to that, that stage <laughs> like, what's the score of our team here but I think they ended up uh, it was fine and they ended up yeah. we stayed up but it was crazy to go through that season to the next mm-hmm. and Jim Leishman how good a character is he? Akeem was great Jim was just big Jimmy's Mr. Dunfermline. I remember one of the times we'd, we'd played crap and he came in after the game and he was going mental and he was ranting and raving. He had these sort of winkle picker shoes on. <laughs> and next minute he was going through and big Andy Todd hadn't he played, sitting on the bench, never came on or anything. And he goes, yeah. He's to Todd, he goes, you're just as much to blame as they are. And Todd's like, what are you talking about? He goes, nicest guy ever. He goes, I've never been in the park. He never even, he goes, exactly. He goes, you're not working, working hard enough. He goes, if you were working hard enough at training, you'd be fucking on. He goes, what does that say about you? You can't even get in this team ahead of these guys. At that point, he kicked the bin. But see, when he kicked the bin, his foot stuck the bin. He <laughs> kicked the bin off his foot. So everyone's like, just trying to laughing. He managed to get the bin off. It was brilliant. Absolutely. Honestly, just what a laugh. But at the same time, Big Tony got all the sticks and he's nowhere to be seen on that day. Brilliant. And like the that's the season after that, like who were the, you're still playing every week? Do you, do you feel fat and just feel as if you're you're playing really well, personally? Yeah, I felt we're still playing well. I felt we're still doing doing fine. Uh, maybe the, obviously the personnel kind of changed slightly, and we probably weren't as strong as we were in that first season. I think Barry Nick this point had left as well. How good was he? How good was he? I Barry was brilliant. He was great. Really fit. Really nice guy. Got him down the park. Good set piece delivery. He's got a goal in him as well, and then again a hard worker. So no, nah, he, he was a he was a great guy as well. Mm-hmm. And like again, you like you score you score in an R Cup semi final in the League Cup against Livingston, and but like how good. How good were you, how good was that just scoring at Hamden again? Like, well, it was actually at Easter Road. Oh, so was, it? was it? Because it was um, because we were playing Livingston at the time. Yeah, uh, and it was at Easter Road. Lambert was the manager at the time, and um, we got the penalty. And I was kind of on the penalties, and again, I just my penalties I just kind of smashed down the middle. So I know what I was doing straight away. Just put it in the spot. It was a crappy night, and then just smashed it down the middle. So it was kind of obviously one 0 Got to the cup final, and, and brilliant. I remember we all threw quite a few years to go back through to Glasgow, and then went out that night. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like obviously, then you pick up another bad injury, and you miss the rest of the season. So you miss a league cup final. Like how sore was that for you to miss miss a league cup final? Yeah, well, I broke my right tarsal, and I don't really know how I did it. Um, it was been it's been sore for a wee while, and it was it was a time remember Beckham had it, and it was yeah, this yeah, big yeah. thing, and Beckham jumped out with the boot on and all that. So that was that was it. Obviously, when the surgeon guy was speaking to us, he says, "Look, you broke your right tarsal." He says, "You probably heard it with Beckham's done." So that was the thing. But it was right up until the day before the cup final. I was hoping I had a chance because I trained. Um, we went away up to St Andrews was in the pool was doing all this fitness stuff and he says look you've got a tiny chance of playing in a cup final he says what can happen is he says it'll heal itself because it was maybe just just around about the same time he says but he'd be touching go he says so you can see how it does he goes 
you could be these next six weeks, seven weeks, or whatever it is, eight weeks, and then get to the point where you try it again, and then you might just do it, and then you're kind of going to have to get an operation. So yeah. like, I'll try everything. Did everything. I remember going to training, trained that, that, that the morning of the day before. Um, and yeah, I was absolutely flying. Half an hour in, I'd scored a hat trick already. It was like, we ended up playing wee games and stuff, boxes, games, just a wee sort of fun morning. Um, and then my heart, brilliant, feeling good. And then absolutely nowhere, just turned, and I've just nobody near me. And I'm like, ah, oh, and everyone's looking around at me. And that was me. And I just, I knew that was me done. Uh, but it was great that they'd, they'd given us the opportunity to try and get myself that, that far. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to have played in it, but at the same time, I would hate to have gone in when that happened in the game and everyone's like, oh, he was faking it. And then I've, yeah. I've maybe blocked somebody else's chance or opportunity of, of playing in the cup final. So needless to say, I had to go and get the operation. Um, and, and that was it. But I remember again, going off the park, into the shower, <laughs> and tears in the shower. I'm like, oh, God. But again, it's just an opportunity to play in a cup final and you, and you lose out. Mm-hmm. And then also at the end of that season, Derek leaves. And did he go to Dundee? No, I'd went to Dundee when I'd left. He'd went yeah, to Partick. Partick. Jo- he went to St. Johnson, just got a kind of trial thing, but um, he sent for Partick and then Dick Campbell took him there. Mm-hmm. And how how weird was that? You weren't going to be playing with him anymore? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, very, it was a bit, for me, it was a bit unfair on him because Derek had a hernia operation and I remember when he was going in, Brister and Derek Stilley had it before. And they were saying, look, get a double hernia because within sort of 10 months to a year, you know, the other one will go. And the club were like, no, no, look, it's fine, it's fine. And again, Derek's just kind of went away to the club and says, look, listen to Stilly, listen to Big Brew. And he's like, oh, even the, the doctor guy was saying, no, look, it's okay, you can just get the single. So unluckily for Derek, gets the single and then within 10 months, the second one goes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of one of the reasons why he was bumped, you know, just because of his injuries and all that. Again, that's why I feel hard to harsh them by him. It's um, I probably took it as, as hard as he did, to be honest, because obviously a brother and you don't want him to, to kind of fall away and stuff. But had he did the operation the year before, then he'd have probably been fully fit. They wouldn't have been a problem with him playing week in, week out. But they just kind of saw us. He's had another operation, he's injured again. Whereas if the club had kind of taken care of him the first time round and just demanded to get the double hernia, I had one when I went to Albion Rovers and it was the same. The guy's like, oh, you only need a single. I'm like, well, no, just give me the double because I know that will go. Um, and again, I did. don't get me wrong, it's obviously slightly different nowadays, but um, back then, 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was, um, obviously the procedures are different. Yeah, and like you, as well as that, you come back into the team that season and play regularly up until January and Leishman leaves his post and Stephen Kenny gets a job but obviously now Stephen Kenny's now the Republic Island manager but then like, how did you think he was a bit raw or was there a, yeah. was a motto? I think he was a, yeah I don't think he was quite ready for the step up to us um, to be honest he did okay and again we got to the cup final and stuff so um, it was great he obviously played me in it as well and uh, I mean I got on fine but I think obviously again he's come to another country he's going to take a bit of time to settle in I mean, they had a very good squad. I mean, I remember by this point we had, we had, we had big Jim Harlan you're playing up top. You had uh, Kevin Harper had signed, Stevie Glass had signed. Um, so it was a very, very good team, but for whatever reason, we just couldn't, couldn't work. Mm-hmm. And like, you struggle with injuries and you come back into the team for the end of the season, like the cup semi final, but you get relegated to the championship. Like, did you feel as if it was just inevitable that that was going to happen? 
No, never. You would obviously keep going and going and going. We'd been in that position a couple of seasons before when we obviously we had them, we had Jim Leishman had come in at the end and obviously kept us up. So we still had that hope um, that we were going to do it. I remember we played, I think it was Inverness away, and that was the, the day we got relegated. Um, and we had a few chances to actually see score in, in the game, and we, we, uh, we ended up missing them. And obviously, you, you pay the price. Mm-hmm. And obviously, but the, another thing was the cup, the cup final against Celtic again. You, you have a great game. You're the man of the match. But it's a one 0 defeat. Like, but we did just how how did you feel going into the game, and how sore was it to lose again? It's always sore to lose any game, but especially a cup final. The we had, I think it was six minutes to go, and it was Pierre Dumbe or whatever, Pierre Dumbe, whatever yeah. it was. And it was, I remember during the game, but had a couple of wee chances. Uh, Mark had a chance as well, I'm sure. And then again, we did we did very well. Um, we were again, we, we had a good game, but the. Six minutes to go. I remember it's been a toe poke into the corner. I'm thinking, God, we've got a chance here. And as the time goes on and on, you're thinking, can we nick a goal? Can we nick a goal? Because it wasn't, a, it wasn't a kind of like a usual Celtic game where they overran you and they were battering you. We actually had a fair bit of, a bit of play at times and a couple of good chances. So to kind of to lose the way we did was was obviously gutting. But um, yeah, getting the money match was was a great wee thing to look back on. But you'd have obviously swapped that for a winners' medal, to be honest. Definitely. We'll move on to your last season, obviously, because you just home to come straight back up. Did you think you did the squad to do that? Yeah, uh, we felt uh, comfortable. We felt we could possibly go and do that. But again, for whatever reason, it just kind of never worked out. Um, and I think Jim Mantai ended up getting a job near the kind of end of the season. Uh, but no, I, th- I think maybe in a way, Stephen had probably too many, <laughs> too many players. Because when the squad we had for the, the championship was... There's some guys that were all good enough to be kind of playing Premier League. Um, and you're obviously trying to keep all these guys happy. It's, it's a hard thing in itself. And I know myself now as a manager, but um, I don't know, whatever it was, formation-wise or whatever, I just didn't seem to be able to kind of get it to work. Mm-hmm. And like, you obviously Ken, Stephen Kenny got the sack and Jim McIntyre got the job. Like, were you glad he got the job? Uh, well, I know Mark, I used to travel through Mark every day, so it was, <laughs> it was weird that I'm going to you've been player to then your, your boss I mean, again you offered a new deal at the end of the season but um, I had other opportunities I had the chance to go to Dundee um, at that point I'd been starting to get a few problems with my calves and then I'd obviously had a time for Dundee uh, come the end of the season mm-hmm. and like the likes of Botchel, Crawford, Glass like, how good were they for that team like, how good were they as well for you to play with Oh, great. You know, I played with Butchie, obviously I played with Stevie, Crow as well, obviously. Yeah. Crow was great, obviously. He was a goal scorer. Um, nice guy off the park. But, I mean, all these guys, they were great guys off the park and they're great guys on the park as well, helpful and, again, all what you do well and the right type of, right type of players in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And you finished fifth and you leave at the end of the season. Like, were you, Did you love your time at the film though? Yeah, it was great. I mean, somebody said to me, you're going to go, uh, say for Dunfermline, you'll be there for five years, you get to four cup finals, because we got to the League Cup, uh, the Challenge Cup final that year as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and we get beat with St. Johnson, we were 3-0 down, we come back to 3-2, and then we missed a chance at the very end. Um, so, to get to four cup finals in, in five years, to get any play in Europe twice as well, um, to have the highest ever finish in, in the Premier League, then again, that's... It's, 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 again, it's a pretty decent, decent career. Obviously, you throw in the um, the relegation, which kind of happened at the end, but um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Because looking back at Aberdeen, and we never really had well, for me playing personally, I never had any cup finals and things like that. But there's obviously other things there that, that happened and we did well. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you move on to the day with Alex Ray, like how excited were you to work with him? Like, and how did the first kind of interactions go? Yeah, no, I went and spoke to Alec and um, again, he was very keen to get us in to your deal. Um, and then again, I felt everything was, was going well pre-season and I had my calf went. So kind of from there, I just started having problems with my calf. Um, we got to the point where we kind of had a, <laughs> a disagreement on the calf problem. Um, he was saying one thing, I was saying another. Uh, and again, at the time, if you kind of, kind of judging me a wee bit, and I was just like, look, I just said, I said, like, if you go and speak to anybody that, that I've ever played with, because he was kind of trying to make out that my, my calf wasn't quite, um, wasn't sore, which again, uh, again, this is the time when I started to pick up injuries, because I had this same kind of problem near the end of my Dunferman career as well, so um, just trying to get through that was, was a bit of a nightmare. Um, and it, he said, <laughs> I remember him saying about, uh, I was, if you ask other managers, because I did ask him, uh, he, said he, he spoke to one of the, the previous uh, managers, and I'm like, all right, what did he say? He says, oh, he said you'd be comfortable if you've got your contract, and I'm thinking, well, that's funny, he goes, that same guy offered me a deal, so I'm pretty sure that same guy never said that, I says, at the end of the day, I'll go anywhere, go see anyone, so I ended up going and seeing people myself off my own back, I ended up getting up to Aberdeen and seeing the physio up in Aberdeen um, to try and get to the bottom of it. Um, but I think the two seasons there, I played maybe 10 games. Yeah. When I did finally get fit, um, I was sent off after about two minutes because it was a kind of last man pullback. Um, the ball got played over the top. I'm on the halfway line, there's a defender kind of alongside me. Uh, I just kind of grabbed the guy thinking, right, I'll take one for the team here, just a yellow card. <laughs> for he sent me straight off. <laughs> so I was actually, I don't know, three months, whatever, to get my debut, and he made my debut, and I'm off after two minutes, so, um, that was an absolute nightmare, but, I guess one of these things, you just kind of learn from it, and get, become stronger from it, um, mm-hmm. so. No, like, Rab Douglas, Gary Harkins, Kerr, and like, Lee Griffiths is coming through that team as well, like, how, how good were they players to play alongside, like, was there any kind of stories for there? Oh, I mean, Gary Harkins, he was brilliant, what a player he was, he was a, 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 big, a big guy, big friendly giant, he was um, great on the ball, great football ability, just a bit of a joker, big Rab again, he was, when he went to getting Rab's wrong side, um, again, he was still kind of producing it at the tender years um, and goals, very good, but, uh, I don't know, but, uh, what you call him, um, Griffiths as well. Griffiths, you can see he had a lot of talent. Um, obviously, he decided to come and, and sign for us. Uh, done beat the time, but no, you can see he was a goal scorer. Um, he was, he was a handful as well. So we got off the rails. But again, he's he's been done had a good career. Um, again, he's probably hopefully still got a lot more goals in him. Mm-hmm. And like Jockey Scott as well, takes over for Alex Ray. Like, did you have a good time with him? Nah, Jockey never really fancied me. To be honest, um, yeah. he started bringing his own players. Um, again, Bruce Point, I remember going up to Inverness one weekend in uh, Ross County. We were playing Ross County, and I remember up the bus, and there must have been about, we obviously, we had a squad of 18 at the time, and we must have had a squad of about 23 or something, 24. So all these guys dragged all the way up to Ross County, sitting in the bus, named, teams named, squads named, benches named. Then it was sixes. It was like, it was like me, Colin Cameron, Rab was out, he was injured at the time, Jim Lachlan. And boy, David Cowan, so there's about five or six guys that could easily be playing at this level yeah. week in, week out. And we were all, not even on the bench, and then we were away into town centre for a wee walk, cup of tea. And I remember getting a cup of tea and I came back to town centre and planned a lot. What he's doing? And well, I'm, the squad's, the squad's been nice, we're not in, so. 
it was mental. But uh, but no, I mean, Jockey, <laughs> unbelievable. He must be one of the managers ever that gets sacked when he's sitting top of the table. Um, and we'd went on a kind of bad run. Um, but no, it was, it was probably un- unfortunate for him. The results had gone down a wee bit. Um, but at the same time, we got the cup final. And we'd actually won the League Cup final, the Challenge Cup final as well. Um, but again, never managed to get promoted. Mm-hmm. And you only you only played six times in your last season. Was this like, was was that a disappointing spell for you? Did go to the did you kind of regret it? <sighs> yeah, you get it because of what happened. But not to say that it could have been the same thing had I gone elsewhere, and it probably would have been. Um, I was, I mean, I, I was, I was, it was a horrible situation because I remember because they never kind of believed what was happening. I was being kind of forced to travel up to Dundee. I was traveling to Dundee myself every day. Um, we'd, a, we'd a bus at the time, and there was 14 boys beyond that bus, 13 boys driving up every day in the bus. And because of it, no, you're in for a double session every day. So I'm like, that's fine. So I just had to drive myself and come along to Dundee every single day, double sessions, um, just trying to get myself fit, trying to get myself right. Which again, it was, I felt at times they were kind of punishing me for being injured when. Again, it's, it's, you know, I'm losing out in appearance money, I'm losing out in bonus money, etc, etc. They've actually signed another player. I actually signed Colin Cameron because I was injured. And Colin Cameron was injured for a wee bit as well. So, well, I mean, I don't know any players that want to kind of fake it or hide it or, or kind of do stuff like that. It's, it's not, it's, it's no use. Um, so I kind of had to deal with that. But it was, it's one of those things. I can get the, the bottom of it. The physio can get the bottom of it. So had I maybe had a better physio, had I maybe had I don't know got to the, the bottom of the problem, then uh, I could have I could have played more often. Mm-hmm. And obviously after the day you go you got a trial queen of the south and that doesn't work out, but you move on to Morton and like don't you don't play very often like where you could just kind of where you still kind of struggle with injury at that point with the yeah. Uh, went to queen of the south, went on a trial game, trained the whole week, felt fine, played the game. Five ten minutes into the game, uh, my calf went again, and then I had to come off. And it was <laughs> again, it was just kind of one of the things. And she's looked down the obviously now. I said, "No, look, you know, it's not. There's not going to be a deal there. Obviously, my calf's gone again, so I obviously can't improve my fitness." So that was it. Went to Morton, um, managed to struggle through it. Uh, could still feel pain, but I was doing everything I could. Signed a deal to January, played more games, um, then again. Signed a new deal, felt it again, and got to the end of the season. And it was literally get to the point where I mean, I, I was coming home and the, the, the bottom of the bed, I thought this metal bar. And I used to think that the massage not would help it. So I used to kind of put baby oil on my calf, and I'm just like really hurt myself, but in pain, and just trying to, like, as if it was at the time I thought it was kind of scar tissue in my calves, and I just kind of get rid of it. And I would be doing that every day. And, Again, to the point where you're, you're close to kind of tears because I'm, uh, how, how am I going to get by this? And I literally thought, this is me finished. If I can if I can get, uh, I don't even know what age I was at the time, probably 30, I think, mm-hmm. around about that age, probably 31, something like that. But I just felt, if I can get through this, this is me completely done. What, what do I do? I've no got a job, no get anything. Um, and obviously everything's weighing in your mind. So the next season, um, got to the end of that season, and then Paul Hartley spoke to us. I remember I was in Dubai at the time in holiday. And she's like, really, what to sign you? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I says, look, I need to be honest with you. He goes, get problems with my cast. I says, I, I just, I can't get to the bottom of it. He says, look, don't worry about that. He says, get yourself in. Now I am the physio. I'll, I'll be able to get a look at you. And I came in. Same thing happened again. Three season started. And then uh, just done the whole lot. High intensity, the whole lot. Brilliant. Um, get ready for the games. And then 
first game, just felt my calf again, and I was like, look, don't worry, you come. Uh, she's like, do this, we'll do that, put a strap on it. Um, and the, the part of my ankle, she's like, this is just a bit loose. And then if it wasn't for Nayam, Nayam's obviously, for me, I'd say Nayam would save my career. Yeah. Um, the last, I'd obviously played three full seasons at, uh, at Aloha, and then I'd had uh, sort of three seasons at Albion Rovers where I was kind of player manager, but probably only the first two of these seasons. And I kind of had to manage myself. I would still always go back and see Nayam. So he kind of, Got me through that last kind of four or five years of my career, um, and he was the only one that was able to kind of diagnose it and, and get to the kind of bottom of it. Um, so again, well, very very appreciative of that to, for him to kind of help me out so much. Brilliant. And as you say, you move on to Allah when Paul Hartley signs you. Did you know Paul before before you signed for him? Uh, I knew him from uh, obviously played with Aberdeen. I'd met him a couple. Of, well, I played against him loads, uh, yeah. and then obviously he was at Aberdeen with Derek as well. So I know he played well, and then again just spoke away to him, and it was fine. Now I mean, again, Allo was another club that was fully fit and was playing. It was it was amazing. Uh, he made me captain again, won the league that first season, got Player of the Year, got promoted second season, got to the playoffs, beat them firmly in the playoffs to go up, and knock them down, and then the last season. We stayed in the championship again. By this point, he'd, he, would, he was playing another boys ahead of his, but then uh, he he went away and I'd end up starting to play again. So it was it was amazing. It was right down the very last game. And uh, Barry Smith had come in. Uh, he played me fourteen of the last fifteen games. Um, and it was it was again. It was I knew I was kind of getting on a bit, but it's still time. I still felt I'd done well. Played in the games, and then we had the last game. We came in. We thought we were, we were down. Um, and it was something thought in the playoffs, sorry. And he came in and Barry's on his team top, but did hear a couple of back of motion. So you're sitting there like that, everybody's in the head down, oh, this is a disaster. We're blooming playoffs on Tuesday night. And somebody says, Look, the fans are shouting and singing and that. And then Alex Smith comes in, he was at Falkirk at the time, and he's like, It was like, well done, guys. And we're thinking, Well done. We've just been bumming into the playoffs here, and we're saying, Well done. And then one of the boys came in like that. I think it was my brother was playing for Queen of the South at the time. Queen of the South had just scored in the last minute. Some, somebody said at the time it was my brother. <laughs> it just kind of wakes <laughs> up and it was like, uh, they started, we started singing and it was, uh, we'd won one now. We'd beaten Cowden Beef or something. Cowden Beef went into the playoffs. And we've gone from, from Barry saying, look, we're in on Tuesday, we need to prepare properly to we're arranging going to Magluth the next <laughs> <Saturday>. <laughs> It was surreal. We were on the inside. We're hitting the tails are off the roof and everything, and it was every single player was, and then it was somebody say because Derek had told us they're all singing Daisy, Daisy Young, Daisy Young. <laughs> so we're all going mental again. You can imagine that night, everybody back home, everybody's out, um, and then literally one of the guys and myself we started arranging my glove for the next weekend, and that was us for we away to away to my glove the next weekend. And as well as that, like you, you reunite with Robbie Winters, like. How good was he to play alongside and what kind of character? Robbie was great. He's, he's a quiet guy, Robbie, but um, I quiet guy, but he's a funny guy, really, really funny. But okay, again, that was he was great at that level, very, very good. You know, he's got goals. Stevie May came in as well, I remember yeah. him coming in on the goal as well and, and scoring all the goals for us in the first season. So, but now, Robbie was a great guy, um, and again, knew him because. Paul would actually ask us about him as well, and I said, "Oh no, if we can get him, definitely." Um, and he managed to obviously sign him. So uh, he, he was a great signing for us, and again, his experience and, and helping in that as well. So brilliant. Mm-hmm. You were kind of flying like say, at that, like obviously two near enough two straight promotions, and Paul Hartley resigns. Were you surprised for that, and how did that happen? Like, do you remember? Uh, I remember because he signed for Dundee about a month later. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, I think he probably just felt that he could have taken as, as far as he could. Um, to be honest, when we were going to get promoted for the championship to go into the, to go into the Premier League, <laughs> probably not. But obviously, the squad, I mean, the squad of players he, he recruited from League Two, League One, the Championship were, were again, they were the same, same guys. There's probably about eight or nine guys from that team uh, who played all the way through and who were kind of good enough to be there. I don't know, it's one of those decisions. Obviously, there was at the time there was talk of the, the Dundee manager's job just happened to come up and then, and then all that kind of stuff. So I don't know whether it was in the background or whatever. I don't know, but he probably he could in a way you could say he kind of left it at the right time because his stock probably couldn't be any higher at Aloha. Um, we'd, we'd got I think we'd been beat once or twice, but at the same time, um, I think if we'd won, we'd have been in the playoffs. Um, so it's one of the things, and he's went on had a good career. Yeah, definitely. You obviously leave at the end of the that the thirteen fourteen season, but do you look back and your Aloha spell was kind of like been one of the best spells of your career? Uh, yeah, for for everything that happened, um, for for all the obviously the getting promoted, winning titles, winning playoffs, then holding your own the championship, being a part time team, all that, all that was was amazing. Uh, probably the one game we let ourselves down is when we played Rangers at Ibrox and we get spanked seven 0 because we actually went into the game. Rangers, I think the Rangers were in the league below at the time, and um, we actually went into that game very confident, thinking right, if we stick to this game plan, then it could be it could be good. And I remember we took centre, and then from centre they got a corner, and it was one 0 after about a minute. And then that just kind of killed it a wee bit, deflated us a wee bit. Uh, but uh, uh, I loved my time there. And um, again, it helped me at near the end as well. When I went there, I was going sort of part-time with the coaching and, and part-time with the football as well. So yeah. I was doing the kind of community stuff and I was kind of learning that side of things as well. So it kind of stand me in good stead for kind of what was going to happen uh, later on. Mm-hmm. And was it always a plan to move into management when you're, when you're playing career? Was that like, even like... A few years before that? I think so. It was just a natural progression for me. Um, again, just as I was saying with the playing side of things, it was now learned to do the badges when you were obviously younger, and not younger, but the, the the younger kids, and then obviously working your way up, and you know, your, your B licence, your A licence and stuff. So I kind of always had it in my head whether it was going to be any good or not. It was a different story, but I kind of had that in my head and enjoyed it. Um, and then... At the time when Barry kind of let me go, it was it was it was a wee bit gutted to be honest because it was a season Rangers Hearts and Hibs were going to be in the league. Yeah. So you're kind of saying, God, we've got a chance here. The eh? uh, Rangers were coming up, Hearts and Hibs and that were going down. It was a good a good swan song to kind of go out and, and be playing with Aloha and up against these teams. But he just says I felt it was time for a sort of a player sort of coaching thing. And I'm like, that's fair enough, but I don't have a player coaching thing to go to. And then by chance the Albion Rovers thing comes up, so it stood me in good stead yeah, at the time. With the Albion Rovers thing, um, a lot of people kind of questioned it. Um, friends, guys within the game saying, why are you going there? Albion Rovers have finished 9th and 10th of the season. And I just said, well, look, it's, just, it's for me, player manager, I've got an opportunity. I don't feel under any pressure. At the time, I'd obviously spoken to Sandy Clark as well, who was kind of uh, out of a job. And he was happy to kind of come, come along with me because I knew I was still going to be playing. So for me, it was a two for one. Still play yeah. and get to kind of learn for Sandy. So mm-hmm. from that, Again, everything went really, really well. You know, went any better actually. And I think during the season you were about twelve points behind at one point. We well, we our growth and Murray was the manager of our growth, and we'd been about three games or four games to 
if you catch up on because of the weather that year. And then we just started one game after the other, one, win, 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 and then just getting that, that wee routine. So it was brilliant for, for them. And then obviously we kicked on. We actually won the league in our very first season. So it was not bad as a, as a manager in your first season. You won the title. Who were the kind of good players you brought in to kind of win the league? Like, who was... Hey, I mean, we only did about 16, 17 players. With big Mick Dunlop, the captain at the back, he was pretty solid. Uh, big parrying goals. Again, you had uh, Mick's brother, Ross, alongside him. Um, Reedy was kind of right back played most of the time. Uh, up front, the big boy, John Gemmel, who was a handful and a, and a bit of a, bit of a lad. Um, Ali Love was, was there. You had big Mark McGuigan. We brought in was Gary Fisher was, was there. Um, Gary Phillips, uh, young Kyle, left back. Uh, who else do we have? Young Josh Mullen was there as well, but he was more of a kind of right back, so a left back. We kind of played him, and then later on, we kind of put him wide right, and he did very well. We Ross Davidson, we brought him in as well on loan for free, and at the end of the season as well, we brought in, um, who do you call it? It's the boy Caden for Mullenwell, who right. did very yeah, well. Okay. Probably one of the old stalwarts was uh, was Chappie, was Scott Chappie, I Chaplin, and uh, mm-hmm. again he used to, he scored about 13, 14 goals for that season. He was brilliant. Uh, just kind of played him off the front, and then again just very intelligent. Probably not quite have the legs, but um, good boy in the dressing room. Good again, good player, very intelligent, and would always would always nick a goal for you. But uh, no, it, was, it was a great season, um, and again everybody kind of played their part. Mm-hmm. How did you find the transition at first? Hard um, because when I was playing and, and things were kind of going quite right, so I was basically in training, it's fine. Sandy would take most of it, I would maybe step in and say one or two things, but for the first kind of season, Sandy took the majority of it, and I just kind of took notes and learned um, to be on the middle of the park, giving the ball away at times, or losing the ball, and then somebody else in the team's doing it, and then you're having to then have a go at that player and say, Come on, get your finger out, or this and that. And as I spoke to Sandy about it, it was hard because. You, you can't kind of let that part of you're the manager so you need to make a decision and I was like oh no if I'm, a, I'm thinking like a player saying god the manager's turn around and tell me get my finger out and he's getting the ball away for fun <laughs> so it was hard to get that balance but at the same time obviously the more I played it, it was kind of easier it got um, and then I just kind of you just kind of learn being, being kind of thrown in and that was one of the reasons as well I felt that if I go and do this at a, a team where there's no expectations um but then to go and win the league in the first season, it was like beyond beyond expectations. We were kind of hoping, right, see how the guys are, play against quite a few of them, and you'd maybe get yourself to the kind of playoffs and stuff. Um, and then obviously then just one thing after another, just got a bit of momentum and kept on going. Brilliant. And then uh, obviously he's getting to League One. Like, did you did you think you did the budget to compete at that league? No, we were bottom. Budget-wise, we were bottom. Um, totally and utterly, lowest budget in the league. Um, and we actually finished a point off the playoffs. Uh, went to the very last game of the season. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, you had, um, who was it? Sunra, Airdrie and us. And I think Airdrie were two goals ahead of us. Sunra were a point ahead of us. And it was literally right to that last game. And it was one of those ones, guys had the phone and the radio and all that kind of stuff, listening the scores coming in, as it goes and all goes. So I think Stringra were now up to about 10 minutes. And then as soon as Stringra had scored, that was kind of them safe. Um, yeah. But it was us and Airdrie, and we ended up going up 3 0, 3 1, and Airdrie were 1 0, 2 0, and the boys are coming over to the bench. And then he goes, I goes, one more, I need one more. But at this point, I knew that Stringra had scored and there was no chance, but I think we ended Aye. up winning 4 1 or something like that. It was, uh, but it was mental, just one of those. Super Sundays or whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> so it was great to be in that position and to be 
mean, for me, for Albion Rovers to be challenging at all, um, and missing out with a point was, was more than we can have been expected. Mm-hmm. And was there like, was your start was really, your start obviously was doing high at that point. Was there offers like to go elsewhere at that point? Yeah, after the first season, there was an interview for Dumbarton, um, but when I was speaking to them um, at the time, I, didn't, I probably spoke, I talked to myself about it because I just said, like, I've only really played most of this season, I'm still kind of learning. Yeah. Um, at that time, we managed to sign everybody up. By this point, Sandy Clark was leaving to go back to full-time with Dunferman with Alan Johnson, which was fine. Yeah. Um, it was the deals, I think, getting an opportunity to go back then, we wouldn't stand in his way. Um, and again, Dumbarton had no coaches. I think they had one player signed up. There was like two or three weeks to the season. I just felt that even if it did get offered it, that it would be too big a job for me. So I kind of rejected that. I had an interview for the Rafe Rovers job as well. Um, again, never got that. They went through experience. Um, so there's been a few. Mm-hmm. And like the, the third season, like the you stay up that season, but you leave after full contract talks. Like what kind of happened there? Great season again. Things weren't great financially in the background. Um, at that point in the season, we were doing well again. Um, there was an opportunity possibly for me to go to Alloa. Um, the by this point, the old team had left and the new team was in. And for some reason, uh, obviously in a gentleman's agreement with the old manager, the old chairman, it was like, look, you've done well for us. You've won leagues, you've kept it in the division. Get an opportunity to go and stand your way, but this guy came in and decided that he was, he was going to ask for silly money for me, which for me was a disgrace because an opportunity to go to a bigger team, better part time team, better organised part time team, and I think I'm sure they were in the league above or whatever. So he kind of put a hope in my, my, my career, um, stopped me from going for asking for money, um, which is a disgrace because of what I've done for them. Uh, that kind of fell through. Then a month later, then a board meeting, they actually asked me and Billy Stark if we would take wage cuts. To which I was like, Are you having a laugh? And obviously, I had to kind of minus the expletives. <laughs> I was just like, You've got to be kidding me on. You've just stopped me a month ago from going away to another club to improving myself as a manager, as a coach, uh, better myself probably financially as well. And now you're turning around a month later and asking me to take a wage cut. And I'm like, no chance. I was like, absolutely no chance. Things so trying to say, that, 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 that's what happened. Uh, then we had the, the cup game. So we're playing Queen of the South. Um, the game we called off on the Saturday. So again, that was a disaster because there's no cup revenue. And obviously a Saturday's better than a Tuesday night. Yeah. <clears throat> Draw gets made on the Sunday. Whoever wins plays Celtic. So I'm sitting up all night and I'm like, jeez, oh, the replay's on the Tuesday night, it's horrendous. I'm like, please get the game on. So we get the game on um, and we're playing away, one that up. So I'm like, oh, here we go, brilliant. And I remember I was up, I was up to about five or six in the morning just chopping and changing. Do I go with this player? Do I go with that player? He's just back fit. Is he fit enough to go on the team? And I was like, right, we'll go the way we went. So we went and played. I went and going great, one nil up, then equalised. I'm like, oh, God. Then we've got three subs on. So I remember the... Um, it was a caught, it was a bike kick. Sorry, they did had a shot, and I was like, "Geez, oh, 40 seconds to go." So it was literally forty seconds. I'm at the watch and the lines, and I'm like, "Come on, Lino, just damn, calm down." He says, "Look, it's nearly time up. You probably get one attack here." I said, "Just blow the whistle." I said, "Look, he's taking a bike kick." So he was laughing. So the ball comes up, and our big Ross Stewart, so Ross County now, he flicks the ball on. It goes to Weave Ross, I think it was Ross, Ross Gilmore. He's driving through. I'm sure it was a boy, Chris Higgins, that now plays for us. He put an attacker in. Um, smashes me Ross Gilmore and the ref plays on Paul Willis goes on it he's the second sub Paul drives on he's at the angle he smashes the shot the goalkeeper saves it and then 
it was we oh Callum, we Callum scored, <laughs> bounces back to the young Callum, Callum scores, so Callum, Paul and Ross Gilmore, the three subs will come on kind of to give us a bit, Ryan Wallace had actually been sent off as well with 10 minutes to go, so at this point we're down to 10 men, uh, 40 seconds to go, he scores, so unbelievable, the fans are on the pitch, the players are in the stand, the coaching staff's on the pitch, everybody's going mental, we know we've now got Celtic, if you get down, take centre and that's it, full time, so... We knew straight away how much it meant to the club yeah. and financially. The players didn't have a clue what was happening in the background. Um, I don't know if they would have made it to the end of that season because uh, somebody would have had to dig deep to, to kind of have to fork that out. Uh, I think they ended up we made 180 grand for the club, played at Airdrie Stadium, played Celtic, made a good account of ourselves. That season we missed the playoffs by the last game of the season. So I think it was like three points or something, or four points. I think we, we missed out one second last game of the season. We missed out in the playoffs. So again, me boy does all the stats, he said he's like, you're the most successful manager in Albion Rovers history. He goes, you've actually won a league and stayed up in the division above for yeah. two years in a row, which no one had ever did in, a, in 135 years. So, again, it was a great achievement uh, to kind of have that as well. And Again, it's something you know, I can look back on fondly and, and, and be proud of. Brilliant. And you move on to East Fife. How did that come about? Like, How did it come about just to go straight into another job? Um, obviously, the, 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 the situation with Albion at the end, um, they had, instead of speaking down, we were speaking to us personally, we felt that we were still trying to negotiate the terms, it was like a 60% cut in the budget, no sorry, 60% cut in our wages, 40% cut in the budget, again, clubs need to live by their means, which is fair enough, I, I felt it was a, a relegation budget, um, and they disagreed to which it was proven correct as it got relegated, but that was it, we got letters sent out the post, and Billy's getting a letter, I mean, Billy Stark, <laughs> when he's been in the football for about 40 odd years and he gets a letter through the post and the goalie coach gets a letter and I've got a letter and then he saw that should never have happened and went nah I shouldn't have so that was it but at this point we would actually still had an opportunity to be in the playoffs uh, going, up, going, up the, going up the way <laughs> which again is beyond belief um, but that, that, these things happened they were very inexperienced the board at that point in time so they did things the way they thought it should have been done but uh, then the East Fife job came up when um, I thought I'd had a wee chance of getting it. Uh, I spoke to Stevie Kirk, who again I'd, I'd known from Melbourne Rovers, and he's, he knew the guys at uh, East Fife says to put your CV in. I uh, went along and met them, and then basically got everything agreed. Kind of there and then they were kind of happy with how I'd performed and where I'll be Rovers, and obviously they, they took me on board there. Brilliant. Your first season in there, you finished sacks. Like, what was the takeaways for the first season? Take away for the first season, again, you're dealing with a new squad of players again, 16, 17 players already signed up, you want to bring in your own guys as well. We're comfortable with this season, we'd actually had finished with more points, fans are moaning about not getting to the playoffs. Um, my, my problem with that is they've never been in the playoffs, so I was getting a bit abused, but I'm like, well, you've never been there, so yeah, and obviously it's my first season in. But we actually achieved more points that season than we did the season before. Um, second season was the same we'd actually finished a, a league position down but we'd actually finished with more points again than the season before and I think it just kind of shows you how hard the league is um, this season it's, it's actually it's harder again but on that second season we do great we get to the last 16 in the Scottish as well we've beat the, quite a few teams like full time teams to kind of get there um, we got to the, the Challenge Cup semi-final as well again something we've never achieved in a long time last season Again, we were kind of we had eight games to go and we're only a point behind the points total for the season before again. So, again, within those eight games, you know that you're going to go above 
uh, what what he'd achieved. So for us, in a personal point of view, league-wise, we're managing to improve year on year. Uh, yeah. Points-wise, anyway, it's just the teams and that are becoming bigger and better. Um, again, a lot of players who could easily play championship, a lot of players who could play higher up. Um, but the way football is now, a lot of guys are getting a, getting good wages part time, and then they're doubling up, we're getting a job, which is probably a lot more security for them, um, rather than kind of going that year to year full time on a kind of lower wage. I mean, getting those guys maybe full time on four or five hundred pound a week when they could maybe be getting. Three, maybe three fifty, four hundred max when they're like part time players and then yeah. go get a job for five hundred quid or whatever it may be. So it's, that, that, that's the, the dimensions and everything's kind of changing. But but no, last season again, we'd, um, we we managed to beat Dungeon United, we managed to beat um, Hearts in the penalty shootout, and we got into the qualified for the League Cup. So this season we've kind of been there. Again, we've improved every year on league total points wise, we've improved, I think, in the squad. We got to the last 16 of Scottish, we got to the qualified from the group section, the League Cup, um, and got Rangers, which is again a great, great thing, and then got to the semi-final, so we feel we've, we've improved, we've set up a, a youth team as well, so we've got an, an under-20s, um, and again already there are maybe about seven or eight of these boys that have made their debut and played, um, and it's, I think it's one of the things, we've, we've, we've kind of, myself and the boy Tony McMahon, it's, it's now maybe uh, East Fife. He was with us all through Albion Rovers as well, so he's kind of kind of progressed all the way through. So it's it's, it's been good to be working away with Tony as well. But it's it's just it's now obviously with the COVID thing, stop starting has been a what's my battery there? Oops, sorry. Um, the COVID thing kind of stop starting has been a bit of a nightmare as well. But again, we're just kind of trying to, to kind of pick myself up. Um, this season, we've, again, we've done very well. The League Cup section, we, the, the poorest we played was probably against Cowden Beef. We beat them 2 0. And then Hearts, we should have probably beaten Hearts, in all honesty, or at least got a draw with a, a chance right at the last minute that we missed. But again, we've we done very well. Played Tim Burness, missed a penalty in the last minute. Again, he takes a draw and against Rafe Rovers away from home. Again, we're probably the better team. Um, got a chance up the other end of the park, we miss it. And then we're punished on the other end when one of the guys make a mistake. So it's not, not, not been too far away in the games, it's just been frustrating. Um, again, Probably the standards that we've set ourselves, people are disappointed. And you're talking about playing Hearts, you're talking about playing Inverness, you're talking about playing uh, Thingy. So it's, it's good to be in that position, but maybe you bring a lot of that on yourself because of how well you've done. And the reality is, we're a part time team, we're trying to be kind of one of the best part time teams um, as much as we can and improve and progress the club every year. Brilliant. And is it, do you enjoy like do you enjoy management? Do you think you can do it for the rest of your time? Yeah, you know, I'd love to. Again, for me, starting with the management again, that's why I kind of started at the bottom. Just like you're a, you're a young boy, you start at the bottom, you work your way up, and that's where I kind of wanted to go to Albion Rovers and, and go and learn and make mistakes. Um, <laughs> a couple of team talks at the time as well, and a, a couple of porky pig moments. And um, again, look, I look back on that fondly and just kind of have a joke and a laugh about it. Yeah. Speaking away, and it was <laughs> I can't even remember. I think it was when Tro's away or something, and we were talking. It was Chappie at the time. The guy was in Chappie. You're just you're playing. You're just just in the thing again. And I was like, I couldn't get it out. And it was just a mind freeze and a mind blank. And then and one of the boys like spit it out, gaffer. So the whole honestly, the whole changing erupted, and honestly, it was it was so funny. And it was but thirty seconds then I said to Sandy after it, I'm like, Sandy, I made an ass of that, and he's like, damn. He says, you've done brilliant. He goes, what do you mean? And he says, 
you, you try to get it out, you forgot, you lost your bearings, he says, but you had a joke, you had a laugh, um, we'll see 30 seconds later, you then got back in, you got back up to the board, you spoke, you said what you had to say, and you got it, he goes, no, was that, and he, and he says, so, look at that as a puzzle, he says, oh, you've made a mess it, he says, you still get your point across, you composed yourself, and you got it back out, so, it was, it was good, it's, again, that's another learning experience, but it's funny looking back on it now, and I think that game, obviously there was joking and laughing and all that, but I think we ended up winning 5-1 or something, daft like that, and it was one of the best performances of the season, so I'm kind of like, God, at the same time, you went and done very well, and um, same with the joking and the laughing and all that, so <laughs> it, was, Brilliant. it was good. Brilliant. Are you already closing with some quite fire questions? Yeah, Brilliant. Brilliant. Your whole Out your whole career, who would you say was the best player you ever played with? Uh, played with probably Ian Jess. How good was he? Because I've always said he was outstanding. Yeah, he was. He was, he was brilliant. He was outstanding. He was. I think his best position. I know he was kind of striking, and then he kind of played more midfield. Probably that that kind of off the front, just getting him in the ball in these wee holes and off the front and making good runs. Very intelligent as well. So great goal scorer, great finisher. Um, and again, he worked hard most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> best player you played against. Um, probably, I don't know, there's quite a few. There's probably the, the, the times when we're just coming through, you had Brian Loudrup, you had Gaza, and like Larson and all that, De Canio. And there's one, one time we played um, the boy, we played, uh, it was a German team, I can't remember the name now. It was that Thomas uh, Hassler, the wee guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the wee guy played for Germany. So he'd, uh, it was Ryan Essen was in goals, and he'll like, thank me for remembering this. And he put in a free kick in the top bin for 25 yards, and he put, put a corner in, and he put the corner in the top bin as well. <laughs> and we do, we do it two weeks. It was just a pre season friendly, but it was like, wow, can I get near this wee guy? He was tiny as well. But um, free kick in the top bin, and then the corner in the top bin. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Favourite away ground? Um, I'd probably say Hamden obviously it's not so much an away ground but yeah. Hamden playing at Hamden and it's the stadium's packed and you're again coming up to the game and you've got fans either side you know you're on the bus and then you get in there and there's 50-60,000 yeah, the atmosphere there was just was, was amazing just unbelievable Brilliant Favourite film or TV show? Yeah, the one I'm watching now is Line of Duty. Um, yeah, so okay. just, that's me just getting round to that after not watching it. So I'm just in Series 5, so don't give me away any. No, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting fact for yourself that nobody will know. Um, I probably, when I was born, I had a hole in my heart, and I've still got a, a small, tiny sort of hole in my heart now. Is that right? Yep. Not in major, though. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Uh, best friend in football? It's my brother. Is it? Yeah, good, my brother. Brilliant. And finally, the best manager you played under? Uh, for me, probably Jimmy Calderwood on that, on that season. Um, I'd, have been, I'd have loved to have played under him at Aberdeen. Um, so, but it's, I guess it's one of the things. Um, it'd have been great to have, to have had that. At the time, but um, but no, the, the season I had with Ellingham was was amazing, and again, just everything, the, the tempo, the training, everything was kind of him and Jimmy just bounced off each other. And, yeah, uh, just everyone was at it. Good squad of players, and, and again, the, the training that you had to be at it, um, or else you would what you know. How attacking was he? Like, remember the t- was it two two six he used to play? No, two four four. We played, we, we played a game, and um, I'm sure it was Kilmarnock, and I remember the game, we had 18 shots, 
and Kilmarnock had three. Because I remember Greg Shields was playing for Kilmarnock, and it was just before he'd signed for us. And uh, he says they, they won one nil. They had three shots and they'd won in target, and it was with eighteen shots and we absolutely battling post bar cleared off the line. And Jimmy's like, ah, two four four guys, we're gonna go two four four today, and that was a confidence. Although the left mid and the right mid could both play fullback, they was and it was just that was just a mindset to say it or two four four. It was still four four two because we're defending, but again in our heads we were nah. two four four. Brilliant, Darren. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on the show. I can't thank you enough for coming on. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for chatting. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Brilliant. Cheers. Yeah.